It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? MFFSOSS.com. At MFFSOSS. Twitter, Instagram, Twitter.tv. What's up? How's everybody doing on this Thursday edition of the pod? Rundown for this pod. Just quarterback situation in the kickoff. Look at what their options are possibly what they can do into an NFL week two preview college football week three preview. By the way, if you're um, in a relationship or married, engaged, whatever, here's your apple picking Saturday because there are no matchups. of the top 25 teams and next weekend there's like four or five. So, Hey, you want to do something Saturday? <laughs> this is your weekend <laughs> because you, you can't do it next week. Next weekend, the Saturday slate is unbelievable. This weekend, no games in the top 25 between um, two ranked teams. So, yeah, maybe we get, you know, an upset or two. Possibly. There's not a lot of close spreads, to be honest, in the college football. So, um, could be apple picking weekend for you if, you if you're into that kind of stuff. Then we'll do a weekend soccer preview with um, domestic club football coming back after international break. And then we'll do Sarai Pulaks and pick six at the end of the program. Two good starts for both of those. Uh, Sarai Pulaks 3-0, pick six, 5-1 coming off week one. So Jets quarterback situation to kick off. NFL week two preview, college football week three preview, weekend soccer preview, Sarai Pulaks pick six at the end of the program. Kick it off with this Jets quarterback situation. Rodgers plays four snaps. Achilles season ending, possibly career ending, but he makes the Instagram posts. You know, it's always darkest before the dawn, chattering his little uh, Harvey Dean. Or it's Harvey Dent, Harvey Dent, Harvey Dent, um, Two-Face from The Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, which I watched the other day. I think it was a couple weekends ago. I don't think there was anything on TV. And I caught, like, the middle on from Batman Begins, and I was like, well, <laughs> I don't think I'm doing anything else. Because <laughs> those three movies, Nolan, you know how much I love Nolan, okay, after I talked about Oppie. So, you know I love Nolan. Those that trilogy is amazing. So anyway, Rogers channels this little uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman, Commissioner Gordon, Harvey Dent, you know, Darkest Before the Dawn, he'll rise again. That's all, you know, it's great to say, but this isn't like you're 26 coming back from Achilles or 21. He was 40 years old. So he's done for the season. I mean, I really feel bad for Jets fans. And I know there's some that listen to this pod, and I'm, I'm hurting for you guys. I really am. It's not, it's really not right. And I'm sorry to laugh, but it's just, I mean, this poor franchise, they finally get a quarterback after, you know, not having one. Like, yeah, there have been moments, right? You know, Sanchez was all right for a little bit. Um, yeah, Vinny Testaverde into Chad Pennington for a little bit there. Yeah, he got far for a little bit. But it's been a lot of struggles at the quarterback position for the New York Football Jets. And by the way, you know, I saw the Packers fans, like, not, I don't want to say celebrating, um, but they were definitely sharing some different emotions than other people around the league. But 
it hurts the Packers because they need Rodgers to play 65% of the snaps to get that first-round pick, that conditional pick to flip to a one from a two. And uh, he ain't playing 65% of the snaps, folks. He's done. Um, so they hand it over to Zach Wilson, who did a nice job on Monday night coming in for Rodgers. Big spot, division game at home. And I think he did all right. You know, he had some moments. He's got to get the ball on, out on time better. Um, but he had some moments. Threw a good enough ball for Wilson to make an unbelievable catch, right? But I, I'm i just, I don't think it's fair to him to just hand over the reins to him in this spot because the expectations, the other talent on the roster, um, I don't think to just transfer all this over to Zach Wilson is is fair to him and right and right because he's not ready. And I'm not saying he'll never be ready. That's not what I'm saying. He can be ready. He's not ready yet. We've seen it. Okay. Um he struggled. He's had moments for sure, but he's in no shape to lead a team deep in the playoffs into a he's just not. I'm not trying to like I'm not saying he can't get there eventually, especially with Rogers' tutelage for possibly two years, right? If it works out and he comes back for next year and plays, actually. Maybe he gets better. Maybe he does find himself in a position where he can be that guy. Right now, he's just not. And it's not fair to him to put him into this spot. Because you got guys on offense, defense, special teams that with Rogers thought, hey, this is my shot. All I got to do is do my job week in and week out. We got a quarterback that is an all-timer, right? And, you know, anything can happen when she gets to the big dance. Anything can happen in the big game. You know that. So, to have those expectations, to lose the guy that brought those expectations after four snaps, to hand it back to the young player that you gave his job away, for those expectations, I just don't think you can sit here and be like, yeah, Zach's our guy. We still have Super Bowl aspirations. We're going to go win this whole thing. I just don't think that's fair. So, the Jets have a couple options here. Whether that's just the first decision of stick with Zach Wilson or explore bringing people in. I think you have to at least explore. And then the list for me, you know, I, I, was, I was looking at different articles on Wednesday trying to see, you know, if there was a favorite, if people were, like, leaning on one guy more than the other. But, you know, I mean, this list is serviceable. I'm not sure, though. Because I think Jameis could help a team out, but and I think he's better than Zach Wilson, but would you rather just have Zach Wilson play? I don't know. Heineke's an interesting one for me. I think Heineke's the best one on this list. Because the, the rest of the names are Wentz, Brissett, Flacco, McCoy. And before he even gets... Tom Brady's not coming out of retirement to play for the Jets. Okay? That's just not happening. He was just honored by the Patriots. He just had a great moment. You think he's going to be pick up the phone and be like, you know what? Get me in the green. I'm ready to go. Come on. Matt Ryan, I don't really see coming out of retirement either. So, out of the list, 
I saw people saying Cooper Rush. Come on, please. Heineke is very interesting. Carson Wentz, I would stay so far away from. That just adds more problems. I'd rather lose with my guy, Wilson, than bring in Carson Wentz and lose with him, okay? Flacco, you already had. Didn't work out well. Now, granted, that team was not as talented as this Jets team, but I just don't know if Flacco comes in and, and you're like, yep, we're good again. Cool Joe. Cole McCoy is a serviceable veteran, but, you know, Josh Tobbs beat him out. Come on. Come on. So Wentz, I would say, get out of here. Flacco, eh. McCoy, probably not. Brissett is interesting. We've seen Brissett be a starter in this league. I, I just, again, he's in the situation where I'm like, would I rather have my guy Wilson or bring in a guy that is might not be as good as him or, or potentially, right, ceiling? So Jameis is interesting to me, but Heineke would be number one on my list. Heineke's got guts. Heineke's got moxie. Heineke's got that kind of winner's mentality. We've seen him make plays for a franchise that stunk. The football team into the commanders have not been good. I don't care what anyone says. And Heineke was actually one of the bright spots of those teams. And making plays with his legs. And throwing the ball down the field with his arm. And keeping his team in games. And then putting together winning drives. I, I say this, if I'm the Jets, I at least figure it out. I see if I can go get him. Because, yeah, Jameis, sure. I think he he's better than Zach Wilson, sure. But Heineke to me, I've liked, I, I you know, I, it was easy to knock him, you know, coming in, the name, all that stuff. But he's been a gamer. He can win football games. And if you're not going to just hand it over to Zach Wilson and say, all right, Zach, see what you could do for us. I would be very interested in Heineke. Now, the Super Bowl aspirations have to be gone. Making the playoffs, I think, is still a great season. Because this, and if you get to a, a title game or, you know, at least a division around, whatever, good season. Because you had such high expectations tied to one guy. And his Achilles gives out on the fourth play. That's tough. That's really tough. So, I don't know. I just... I think Heineke gives you a better chance to win than Wilson. I think Jameis probably does as well, but that's another into the category of would you rather go with your guy than get another guy? Brissett is interesting to me, but I would stay so far away from Carson Wentz. I don't think Flacco and McCoy are going to do anything, and... The people being, here comes Tom Brady. Wouldn't that be the ultimate story? He leads the Jets. No. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And if that happens, and I'm dead wrong here, 
then I'll say, hey, I was wrong here. But I just... Even crazier than seeing him in the Bucks uniform, coming out of retirement for a second time, almost a third technically if you think about it, right? But a second time to go to a rival of the team that just honored you in week, what are we doing? So it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But hey, anything can happen. We know this league is crazy. But Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, I just don't see happening. I think you either stick with Zach Wilson, possibly go out and get Heineke or Jameis. Do not, do not bring in Carson Wentz. That would be a disaster. Because if Carson, you bring in Carson Wentz and he plays over Zach Wilson, I mean, that kid's confidence is shot. Because that, Carson Wentz should not be on a roster again. Horrendous. So, I, I feel for the Jets. I feel for the Jets fans. I really do. That's, that's not right what happened. It's not. It's really unfortunate. It is. All right, let's get into our NFL Week 2 preview. Thursday night, Vikings travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Um, Minnesota's a bad football team. They got one player, okay? The quarterback is not good. They're going to trade Jefferson next offseason, and they're going to have to start over again. Philly is a good football team. They weren't impressive in New England, though they let New England kind of back in that game, I guess you could say. Was it 16-14 at a point, I think, right? When they let them back in. But Philly's a good football team. I don't like the coach, but, you know, people give him credit. Fine, give him credit. You know, I do like Hurts a lot. I think that guy's a gamer. The receivers are good. The line, when the, it's healthy, is very good. Now, defensively, they're going to have to have some guys step up that they brought in, whether that's through the draft last year or this year's and um, some of the free agents they brought in on the defensive side of the ball. But for me, this is the Eagles win at home. Minnesota on a short week, coming off a home loss in a game where if you thought Minnesota was going to do anything, they don't lose to Tampa Bay at home when Tampa Bay is just a shell of what they were, right? Bad job by Minnesota at home. I don't think they bounce back. I think the Eagles come back from a win in New England where I don't want to say they were in control the whole the whole 60 minutes because there were some moments where you said, okay, if the Pats can get something going here, take a lead. Like, that defense is not bad. Judon put a foot, uh, his hand in the ground and rushed the passer, right? Philly wins this game. I, I would think going away, to be honest. Chicago goes down to Tampa, one of our first games on Sunday. For me, the Bears are in a bad spot. Because they put in so much of their energy into vanquishing the Packers and saying, okay, the Rodgers guy is gone and now it's our turn, right? And to just play like you did at home against a division rival that you wanted to, you know, assert yourself as the team going forward, right? They're done losing. They're turning the corner as a franchise. Fields is the guy. That was embarrassing. Now, Tampa got a good win in Minnesota, and they come home, and I think they win this game against the Bears. A little humidity, you know, 
little little heat, and I think that's a factor. Tampa's used to it. Tampa's been practicing it all for, what, a month and a half, right? I think Tampa finds a way at home to beat the Bears. Green Bay and Atlanta, two 1-0 teams here. Green Bay, I would say, is the better coach team. I like Arthur Smith, but LaFleur has just come into this league and won a lot of football games. Love looked really good against the Bears. And I think the Packers have enough to go into Atlanta and win, the, win that football game on the road. Because Atlanta you know, has shown me the skill positions. Defensively, they've gotten better. Um, so if Ritter, if they hit on Ritter, like they're in a good spot to compete in that division where that division is now kind of flipping over because Tom has left Tampa and um, New Orleans is still trying to figure it out. Carolina just takes a rookie QB. So there's a lot of um, changes in that division and Atlanta could, if they hit on these guys, why can't they be the best team for the next couple of years in that division, right? So that being said, I still think Green Bay gets the roadie and the Packers find themselves 2-0. Indy and Houston. Weird game for me. Um, it's a game that both teams are very bad. I like Houston's coach more. I like Houston's quarterback more. They're telling you that Richardson's injury isn't a concern. I think it's a little bit of a concern. Come on. What are we doing here? I think Houston's not going to win a lot of football games, but I think they beat the Colts at home. And I don't think the Colts are going to win a lot of football games, but they probably beat the Texans at home. So these two teams split. Give me Houston wins this one at home. Seattle and Detroit's an interesting game. Um, and I think I was one year early on Seattle's going to be bad. I think they're going to be bad. I think Detroit is going to be a pretty good football team. And they're coming off that week one win in Kansas City, but it wasn't like they had to turn around and play like still on that emotion. You know what I mean? They got to calm down from it. They've had that, you know, 10 days from game to game, whatever, right? At home, crowd will be hyped, obviously, but they're not going to be, you know, reading their, their press clippings. You know what I mean? Like, they just played. Their praises have been done for a few days now, right? You know what I mean? Because the game happened last Thursday. So, Seattle, I think, is bad. Detroit, I think, is all right. You mean Detroit at home. Pretty simple. Chargers, Titans. Chargers have to find a way not to start 0-2. I think the Titans could finish second in their division, but very far from a playoff spot just because that division is not good, as we alluded to. Um, Chargers find ways to lose games. Titans, when they're rolling, they find ways to win games, especially with uh, Henry and the defense. I think the Chargers' offense is too good. Defensively, I think they put in a much better effort because they're not playing as skilled of an offense and as explosive of an offense as they just played in Miami in these Tennessee Titans. So I like the Chargers. Go on the road. Find a way to win a football game. Get yourself a win and um, possibly tie Kansas City, right? Baltimore and Cincinnati. So many injuries for Baltimore. We know about J.K. Dobbins being out for the season, but 
They got banged up guys on the line. The center is banged up. I believe a couple of the tackles are as well. Humphrey, we know, is out in the secondary. I think they're missing another couple guys on defense as well. So I think the Ravens are too banged up. And Cincinnati's too good of a football team to follow up what they did in Cleveland and not put in a good 60 minutes at home against Baltimore. I think the Browns have a little bit of Cincinnati's number, especially early in the season, especially Joe. He was not good enough. And I don't I don't often you know, we don't often see Burrow have multiple bad games in a row. You really don't see him have a ton of bad games in general. So I don't think Bengals go back to back losses. Even though they did it last year. And also Cooper Rush, if I'm not mistaken. I think they find a way against a very hobbled Baltimore team, a team where maybe Lamar's trying to do too much, um, makes a couple mistakes, and Cincinnati has a better effort and finds their way into the win column. Vegas and the Buffalo Bills. Bills need a win in the worst way where Josh Allen plays well. He has not. You look at his last you know, eight, nine games between obviously week one here and last season, a lot of turnovers. A lot of plays where you're like, what is he doing? Like, hit the open guy. Like, why are you not even looking at the guy that's open? Like, why are you so locked in on whoever you think you're throwing the ball to here? So, Bill's coming off a loss. Raiders coming off a win. And it wasn't necessarily an impressive win, but they found a way to win the football game in Denver and then got the ball back after Denver. You know, they took the lead. They get the ball back after Denver gives them a three and out, and then they ran the clock out. Like, a lot of teams aren't able to run the clock out. A lot of teams you know, do not convert that third down or you know, throw it instead, and they don't make the other team use the timeout, whatever it is. Bills have to respond. I think the Raiders got a win above their weight class last week. Not I'm saying that Denver Broncos are any great team, but I think everybody knows the Raiders are going to possibly struggle this season and not, you know, stack as many wins as maybe people thought. Fine, whatever. But, you know, if the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals are these three top teams in the AFC, you know, we got to see them. I know it's only week two, but you got to win football games. So I think all three of them answer with uh, wins as we get to Kansas City, Jacksonville next. But Buffalo at home, home opener, off the Monday night loss. Allen didn't play well. I think he bounces back. Give me Buffalo at home. Kansas City, Jacksonville, just alluded to it. I think Chiefs win the game. I understand, you know, the weather and all that stuff. Kansas City had plenty of time to adjust after that loss. Plenty of time to, you know, look themselves in the mirror. Mahomes to go to his guys and be like, hey, what the hell are we doing? You know, Kelsey back is big. There are also some other injuries for the Chiefs that are concerned. Chris Jones being back is big. I think Jacksonville is a really exciting team. Ridley's fit in very well so far through one game, as we've seen. But Jacksonville's very good. Defensively, I'm not sure if they can stop the Chiefs. But we saw the Chiefs stop the Chiefs against the Lions. Yeah, Lions played tough, hard, made the plays when they had to, but a lot of drops. They let Mahomes down. I don't see that happening two games in a row. Especially when he gets Kelsey back. Especially when that defense gets Chris Jones back. So, 
Kansas City on the road in Jacksonville finds a way to win a football game. San Francisco and the LA Rams. A few years ago, these teams played, what, three times? They were pretty good games. I think the Niners win the game, but the Rams hang in and keep it close. I don't think these two teams are as far as a lot of people think they are from each other. Like, yeah, San Francisco is a dominant team when they're on. But let's not forget that the Rams with Stafford, Donald, and LaFleur have, you know, at head coach, at quarterback, and at best defensive player, they have really good players and a really good coach. And when you're talking about best coaches in the league, McVay comes up. When you're talking about best quarterbacks in the league, and when he's healthy, uh, healthy Matt Stafford should come up. And obviously, when we're talking about best defenders in the league, Aaron Donald's name is usually first for a lot of people. So, I know the Niners coming off a dominant performance over Pittsburgh. I think they win the game, but I think the Rams hang it. Keep it close. So, Niners win that one. Giants and Arizona. This is a game where the Giants have to win. They played horrendous football on Sunday night. Embarrassing football on Sunday night. So, get yourselves a win against an Arizona team that is going to be lucky to win three, four games. They are not a good football team. The coach, I, I'm... It, from the first interactions I saw in the press, I was like, this guy is not the guy. Oh, my God. Could you imagine listening to this guy? <laughs> Please. That being said, the Giants can't block. This could be an opportunity for Arizona to get one of those few wins that they're going to get this season. At home, not a good football team coming in. If, like, Listen, how can you say that the Giants can still be a good football team after that performance or lack thereof week one Sunday night. That was an abomination. All three phases of the game and coaching. So, as much as I would like to pick Arizona here as, a, as an upset, as a shocker, they're really, really bad. And if the Giants want to do anything, you go win this game on the road. Beat a team that's you're better than, okay? Washington and Denver. I don't think Denver will lose his two home games in a row. Now, I understand, you know, they were not good last year. But I do think it is a better team. It's obviously a more well-coached team. Okay? Um, when you think about Sean Payton, for me, Washington, they think they have the guy in Howell. I want to see it play out a little bit more, but I just don't love the Commanders as a football team. I don't really like the Denver Broncos either, but Denver at home in the altitude. I do believe Denver finds a way to win a football game. So give me Denver. Jets and Cowboys. Uh, would have been interesting to see Rodgers here. I think it would have been a much more even game. 
That being said, the Jet defense could keep them in this game if the Cowboy offense is not sharp. But the Jets didn't really do a great job of blocking the Bills. And for me, the Cowboys front is much better than the Bills front. And the Bills have a good defense. Because their offense gave up four turnovers and they still almost won the game, right? Or at least, you know, had a lead, had a shot, right? And got to overtime. But the Cowboy defense is, I think, another level. I truly think it is. So, that being said, I think it would take a gigantic effort from the Jets, especially offensively, because of what they're dealing with against the Cowboys' front specifically. And also, listen, if Donovan Wilson comes back, it doesn't, it, like the Thomas kid that came in for him played really well. But you throw in Gilmore, Diggs, Bland, Jordan Lewis, if he comes back, four corners, three safeties in Hooker, Curse, and Wilson. Like that back end is really good. And the linebackers are doing their job with Van Der Esch and company. But Micah Parsons, like, I really, really hope that the Jets have a plan to block him. Because he might get four sacks if they don't. He's, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I said it maybe a year or two too early because I just see him every snap and I just watch him every snap. But I think this is the year where he's, uh, I'm the best player in the league. So, I, I think it would be a, a, a great win for the Jets to go down to Dallas and win the game. I thought it certainly could happen if they had Rodgers. It's certainly more even matchup then. But without Rodgers, and if they can't block the Cowboy front, they are in a big, big, big heap of trouble. So give me the Cowboys. Dolphins going up to New England. I believe Sunday Night Football. Interesting game here because if New England was healthy, especially on the offensive line, I would think this could be a spot for them to get a home win especially if that defense plays tough. But if Mac Jones is dealing with backups and replacements across the front or banged up guys, not 100%, like all across, Dolphins could get home. Dolphins' pass rush has gotten better. Chubb, Phillips, they've gotten some players on the edge now. And offensively, you know, we've seen it. Tua, if he's able to find open guys on the move, he's hitting Tyree Kill on deep balls. Waddle on the slants. Craycraft, they let Gasecki go. Craycraft steps up. Figure the, the backs out a little more, but if they can block for him, they're in a good spot. And especially if New England has all these injuries, on their offensive line. That's no bueno. That is no bueno. So I think Miami gets a road win. And then we got the Monday night two games at once. So there you go. Because I used to do this on week one. It was a doubleheader. Now it's sporadically and they do two games at a time. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But we got New Orleans, Carolina, and then Cleveland and Pittsburgh. 
New Orleans, Carolina, you know, if the Saints want to win this division, if the Saints want to, you know, get that home game, you know, possibly win that home game, get into the division around, whatever, you go on the road in division and you beat the team that's supposed to finish last in your division. Okay. Carr looked good. Seems like he has a little bit of control of that offense. You know, saying, hey, we got we have this deep top, deep shot to Sheed, you know? So they got Sheed, they got Michael Thomas, they got Olave, obviously. Jamal Williams and Kamara once he comes back from suspension, that little duo there in the backfield. So I like New Orleans here. I understand they're going on the road. But I don't think Carolina's ready to win football games. I think it showed in Atlanta where they po- they had a shot, you know, to stay in that game, to be in that game. And whether it was some picks or some, you know, not good plays on defense, you know, not getting off the field when you should have. I think Carolina is it's going to be hard for them to win football games. I think New Orleans. On the road, finds a way. Now, the other game, Cleveland-Pittsburgh. I'm not sure about this one. I'm not sure about this one. Because I don't think there's going to be a lot of points. I I think that, especially if Kenny Pickett's you know banged up and not 100%, that's a concern for me. Cleveland's defense did really well against Cincinnati. Pittsburgh got shelled by San Francisco. No offense to Cleveland, but I don't think this, the 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 San Francisco offense is much better than theirs. Okay, so I think this is a better matchup for Pittsburgh. It's a team they've seen right and know in division for you know year after year after year after year playing them twice a year, right? So I think Pittsburgh finds a way to win the football game, especially if Kenny's good to go. I understand Deontay Johnson is going to be out, but that could mean more targets for Pickens, which I think is a it's a bigger play threat because yes, Deontay Johnson, I think, is a you know solid enough receiver. You can throw it to him in spots. He's quick enough to run those inside routes and get into the holes of his own defenses and run past guys in man coverage, right? But Pickens, he just has that you know throw it up to me, give me a chance on one on one. You know, he just kind of has that aura around him that you know if you get the right look. He's going to either draw a DPI or he's going to get um, a big catch or get a touchdown. You know, so I like Pittsburgh at home. I like Pittsburgh at home in that one. All right, college football week three. I mean, we'll probably fly through this, to be honest. But think Cookman versus Miami. There's not even a line on this game, I don't think. So, I mean, Miami's got to win that game going away. LSU and old uh, Mississippi State. This could be a spot for Mississippi State. Um I'm curious to see if they're up for it in Starkville because LSU is good, but I don't think they're that good. And if Mississippi State comes out and plays a really good football game, they could get this upset. So it's not out of the world of possibilities, but LSU is a better team. And Brian Kelly, when he usually has the better team, wins. If you look at his track record with Notre Dame. Um, It's when they play above their head where they lose the games. Florida State goes on the road to Chestnut Hill to take on Boston College. That could get really ugly really fast, especially if the weather holds up. Penn State, number seven, goes to Champaign to take on 
Illinois and Brett Bielma's team. Um, Alaire looks good for Penn State. Defense looks good. That's a game. Maybe you're in a game in the first half, but you put them away in the second half. Number 15, Kansas State uh, goes to Mizzou. Anytime a Kansas team plays a Missouri team, it's always fun. It's the portal war there, even though it's you know, traditionally Kansas and Missouri, even though it's Kansas State and Missouri, fine, whatever. You're nitpicking, but I don't care. A lot of people thought Mizzou was going to be better. This is certainly, if they are going to be a seven-win team, whatever they want to be, is a spot where you know you could win this game. But Kansas State, good program. Um, they should get the roadie. Weber State goes to number 12, Utah. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? Number nine, Notre Dame hosts Central Michigan. Probably one of the easier games on Notre Dame's schedule, especially when they got Ohio State coming up next week. So, um, Western Michigan takes on Iowa. Come on. San Diego State goes to number 16, Oregon State. That could be a little interesting if San Diego State, you know, wakes up. But DJU's been playing good for Oregon State so far. Northwestern against Duke, name a number here. Oh, my God, Northwestern's terrible. Uh, number 19, Oklahoma goes to Tulsa. Very rare that Oklahoma goes there, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, coming off a horrendous offensive performance, only getting 28 points, um, but a good defensive performance, only giving up 11, I believe. So, um, against SMU, they go to Tulsa. Bama coming off the loss of Texas, goes to South Florida. So, there you go with that one. Number one, Georgia hosts South Carolina. If Rattler can not turn the ball over, if he's able to make plays down the field and have Georgia honor the deep threat, that makes running the football certainly easier. Then you can control the clock a little more. So if South Carolina is in the game, I can especially see them trying shots early to... Try to back that Georgia defense up because if they just sit on the line of scrimmage, it is so hard to run the football, especially on the road. Minnesota, North Carolina. This could be a possible close game here. Big 10 going to an ACC. But UNC coming off that double overtime win where they got scared against App State. Win the game. Western Kentucky against Ohio State before they take on Notre Dame next week. Number eight, Washington against uh, Michigan State. Listen, that is a uh, – Michigan State is a, a hellhole right now. I mean, I would not – you couldn't pay me to go to one of the, and get one of those jobs. Between Tucker, the issues that they've had previously with the gymnastics program and the doc, like, you cannot get me to coach there. God bless Tom Izzo. Washington's going to kill them. Uh, NC Central against number 24, UCLA. Playing Chip Kelly's. Wazoo at the number 23 ranking host in Northern Colorado. Tennessee with the 11 goes to Florida. So that could be an interesting game. Big rivalry there, as you know. Georgia Tech goes down to Oxford to take on number 17, Ole Miss. Number two, Michigan continues that gauntlet of a non-conference schedule. They'll bring in Bowling Green to the big half. You can't tell me a little sarcastic there. Wyoming goes to Austin to take on the number four Longhorns. Oregon at 13 hosts Hawaii. And we got Colorado, number 18, hosting Colorado State. 
So, again, if you got to go apple picking, if that's something that you do in the fall with your significant other, this could be your Saturday. Because looking ahead, let me just take a look for you. We'll just, you know, I'll just, I'll just, week four here. Florida State, Clemson. So Clemson could be ranked again. We don't know. Uh, Rutgers, Michigan. Rutgers is going to be ranked. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Ole Miss, Bama. Colorado, Oregon. UCLA, Utah. Ohio State, Notre Dame. Iowa, Penn State. And possibly some other ranked games. But Ohio State, Notre Dame. Oregon State, Wazoo. I missed. Sorry. Oregon State, Wazoo. Colorado, Oregon's a good game. Ole Miss, Alabama. So we got some really good games on the horizon in week four. So if you are in a relationship and your girlfriend or wife or uh, fiance, whatever, is like, hey, why are we here? Why are we doing stuff on Saturday? This is your Saturday. Take advantage. Okay? Um, because you can't miss it next week. You cannot. You cannot. So, all right. Uh, from the student athletes, let's go to the footy across the pond. EPL, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, League Un, all back. Prem gets started with Wolves hosting Liverpool at Montlieu, early kickoff. Liverpool right of the ship in the midfield. They have one of the deeper attacks in the Prem. Defense is a concern. Uh, especially with the injury to Kanate and Van Dyke being suspended in another game, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Liverpool have had a good record against Wolves. Wolves haven't really scored a ton of goals, uh, which I think is crucial if you're going up against a Liverpool team that you know could allow some goals, especially with um, some banked up injuries at the back. But solid enough defense, either Endo, McAllister, Slobosly, or McAllister, Slobosly, Curtis Jones, whatever, Gravenberch, even, whoever. So Liverpool have options in the midfield. They fix the midfield, and they have one of the deeper attacking units. So they should go to the Montlieu and, and find a way to win that football game. So we'll give them that. West Ham hosts the champions, Man City. West Ham are interesting. Bowen, Antonio, um, Paqueta, these are really good attacking players. Yes, they missed the Declan Rice, you know, body in the middle of the park there, but Ward-Prowse has done a nice job. I know it's not the similar role, but he's come in and done a nice job in the midfield. It's going to be an interesting match, but even without De Bruyne for Man City, they have enough. You know, they got Doku to come in for wing depth. Bowden can come inside and play the middle if he wants. He just did it with England, right? A lot of options for Pep. They find a way to get the win. Tottenham host Sheffield United. Ange Ball looks good. Hummingstone looks happy. You know, that midfield of Papasar, Basuma, and Madison. I've been waiting for Basuma to step up, you know, since coming from Brighton to Tottenham, he, he had a he was nearly non-existent, but now with Saar and Madison has been Madison might be one of the signings of the summer. I, I kind of I, I was wondering who was going to win the James Madison sweepstakes because he is a brilliant player. Um, 
And to me, he should be in Southgate's England squad. But whatever, fine. If, he, if Southgate's an idiot, I, I told you that years ago. So Tottenham, for me, win this match at home. Sheffield United struggles to score. Give me Tottenham. Manchester United-Brighton. Well, if Manchester United are down from their top three center backs of Iran, Lissandra Martinez, and Lindelof, and Johnny Evans and Maguire have to be the center backs against a Brighton team that could put out João Pedro, Matoma, Fati, okay? Uh, Brighton's going to score a lot of goals, okay? I think Brighton go to Old Trafford win this match, especially if it's Maguire, Johnny Evans, center back pairing, okay? Brighton might be a better team when you look at it. And I'm I'm not trying to just knock United to knock United. But I really am unsure, especially now with their front line in question. Right? Haja, you know, fine. He came in, he looked okay. Hasn't scored yet, fine, whatever. Bruno, to me, is not a proven leader. I understand he's not part of the front line, but he's the number 10, whatever, in the system. Question marks around Anthony with the off-the-pitch stuff. Questions around Jaden Sancho with him not being in squads and training issues with Ten Hag and, you know, a war of words with the press and statements, right? Man, you are not in a great spot. I think Brighton with Deserby, he is saying the right things. He's playing the right guys in the right spots. Like, I think Brighton go at least get a result at Old Trafford. Fulham Luton. We could look back at this match at the end of the season and it's possibly a six-pointer. But for me, Luton, there's just not a lot in that team. There's not a lot in that team to make you say, oh, okay, they're going to win this match. They, they, You know they're going to score a goal. No, I, I just I don't see that happening. Fulham at home, Jimenez scores. Villa and Crystal Palace, interesting match here. Dependent on if Emery and Hodgson both want to play all their attacking players, this game could end up, you know, 5-5, 4-4, 4-3, 5-4, I don't think this game is 1-0. I don't think this game is 0-0. I think this game could have a lot of fireworks. A lot of attacking talent on both teams. I'm going to go for one of those wild scorelines. Give me 4-4. Uh, Newcastle-Brentford, this could be a fun one as well. Um... Newcastle might, you could argue, hasn't looked the sharpest that we might have thought they would have. Brentford, Frank is a great manager. Um, the Tony suspension hurts, but Embuemo has been really good in his absence. I think Newcastle win the game two one, maybe three two. I think that's a, I think that's another ex- exciting game. Bournemouth Chelsea. This is another one where I'm looking at it and I'm saying if Chelsea are going to have a stronger year, if Chelsea are going to try to get back to where they should get back to, you go to Bournemouth and you smash them. That's it. Like, not that Bournemouth's a bad team. I'm not trying to, you know, mid-table is a good finish for them. Out of the relegation battle is a good finish for them, right? But if Chelsea want to get back to you know the reason they signed all these players and brought in Poach you go and smash Bournemouth you go smash them you beat them 3-0 on their ground you dominate the game 
you keep the clean sheet, and you get the three points and you bring it back to London. I mean, it's really simple for Chelsea. So, Sterling looked good. He's had some moments early in the season when I'm looking at him saying, and I'm, and I'm looking at him run at defenders, and I'm saying, okay, Raheem Sterling, back. And then, you know, the Nkuku injuries really hurt. Jackson isn't ready to be an out-and-out Premier League striker game in and game out, maybe in a year or two, but, you know, three, whatever, but not right now. And that's not fair to him. So, but come on, Charles. Let's see what happens. Everton-Arsenal, the Arteta Bowl. This one's at Goodison. For me, Arsenal have to go there and thrash. Like, this has to be... An absolute dominating performance. Because sometimes they show you that they let teams hang around and they leave it too late. But I think this is a, a, a shot for Arsenal, similar to Chelsea. Go away from home. Give your away fans the day they always remember. Just thrash somebody. Then we got Forrest Burnley, six-pointer. Um, Forrest for me are exciting. I like the manager. I think company is a good manager for Burnley, but they didn't give him enough. You can't come up from the championship and not sign guys from teams coming down. Especially, you know, you need a prem striker. You need a guy that's going to understand, hey, we're going to be under pressure. We got to ping the ball forward. You got to hold it up. You got to get us a, a foul. You got to get us a free kick. And then when we get that corner, our best crosser is going to put it and try to aim it at your forehead, and you got to meet it and, and win the header. So I think Forrest at City Ground, they made it a very, very, very tough place to come in and play. I think they get the three points. La Liga, Valencia, and Atletico. Barcelona hosts Real Batiste. Real Madrid hosts Real Sociedad. And we go to Italy, Syria, Juventus, Lazio, Inter, Milan, AC Milan. The Derby della Madonna. Genoa against Napoli, Florentina, Atalanta, Roma, Empoli. Bundesliga, Munich, Leverkusen, Freiburg, Dortmund, Rebel Leipzig, Augsburg, and then in Ligue PSG, Host Nice. So I wonder if Mbappe is going to sign a new contract. That's that's like, have they negotiated that? Is that a done deal? You know what I mean? All right. Um, now we get to the picks portion of the program. And we start with Survivor Pool Locks. Three and zero off week one. Let's try to get to six and zero through two weeks. Pick number one, and all three of these are home. All three of these are out of division, so no rule violations in week two, like we had one in week one, where we went on the road and in division. So we violated two rules in one pick. But this week, all at home, all out of division. This one is a prime time game though, but it's at home. For the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, if Minnesota goes into Philadelphia and finds a way to win the football game, you tip your hat and you say, hey, well done to them. And then you criticize the Eagles because they should not lose to this team at home 
in their building in a primetime game. Kirk Cousins stinks. The Vikings have one player. Don't let him beat you. It's very simple. Do not let Justin Jefferson beat you. He's going to get his. He still might get 100, you know, eight catches. But don't let him get 14 catches, 220, and three touchdowns. You cannot let that happen. So pick number one, Philadelphia at home Thursday night against the Minnesota Vikings. Pick number two, I do like the Detroit team. I like the coach. I like the quarterback. I like the attitude of the team. The fans are believing. That's important. And I think I was just a year too early on Seattle's going to stink. So for me, Detroit at home, home opener. Yes, they're coming off that Kansas City win, but they've had some days to process. They've had some days to calm down from the emotional high of that win on the road at the Super Bowl champs and now come home and play a Seattle team who was not good enough. Was not good enough against the Rams. That's clear and simple. So give me Detroit pick number two against Seattle. Pick number three. The Buffalo Bills are going to bounce back. At home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now I understand Bill's short week. But to me, this is a big spot for Josh Allen. He's got to come back. He's got to improve. He's got to get his mojo back. He's got to get his team in the W column. So pick number three. Buffalo Bills first the Las Vegas Raiders. So Philly, pick number one against Minnesota. Detroit, pick number two at home against Seattle. And pick number three, the Buffalo Bills against the Las Vegas Raiders. So I pull locks for week two. 3-0 off week one. So here we go. And now we get into the other pick segment of the program. Okay. Coming off a nice 5-1 and one for the FFF SOSS. Pick six. This is the week two edition of the pick six. The National Football League. The league where they play. Okay. Five and one last week. Trying to get off to a good start here. Pick number one will go to Thursday night. And I don't think I'm going to lay it with Philly. But I think I'm going to take the under on the total. 49 to me. Short week. You know, could get a weather. You know, some rain in the forecast possibly on Thursday, I believe, in Philly. Slick ball, wet, you know, kind of thing. Under 49 Thursday night. I think there's only one guy that could kill you on Minnesota. And I don't think the Eagles are going to end up putting up 30 or 40 themselves. You know, this game could be like 21-10. 27-13. You win the game. So, first pick, Minnesota-Philly under 49. Pick number two, I'll go back to the well for Cincinnati. And if they screw me two weeks in a row, then we'll learn our lesson possibly. But Baltimore has too many injuries. 
that's concerning for me. Cincinnati's got to answer. They got to bounce back. Given three, I think a lot of people are going to lean towards the Ravens here. So I'll go the other way. Give me Cincinnati at home, minus three against the Ravens. Pick number three. I know Vegas only put up 17, and the Bills struggled against the Jets. But the Raiders were on the road, still found a way to win the game. And the Bills, and the Jets have the Bills number right now, especially Josh Allen. So I think both offenses will have a better fortune against each other. The number's 47. If the Bills get into the 30s, you, I think you win the game. You know, 30, 31-17. So Vegas-Buffalo over 47 is pick number three. Pick number four. I, I, I think the Niners win the game. But I think eight is just too many for a Rams team that still has a lot of good players and still has a really great coach. And this is in division. The fact that there's so many people Still on the Niners with this number even. It's certainly interesting to me. But I'm going to go the other way. I think the Rams keep it close. I don't think they win the game. But eight, I think at home is too many points. So give me Rams plus eight against the San Francisco 49ers pick number four. Pick number five. Denver minus three against Washington. A lot of people are on Washington here. A lot of people are on Washington. For me, I don't think Washington's that good. Now, do I think Denver's that good? No. But I think Washington's got to go pretty much across the country. They got to play in altitude. And I think Denver finds a way to win the football game. So Denver minus three, pick number five. And pick number six, Cleveland-Pittsburgh. I don't really love either offense to put up a ton of points necessarily. So I like Cleveland-Pittsburgh under 42. You know, at least it's not 39 and you got to like pray because if somebody gets to the 20s, you're done, right? 42, we still have a little bit of wiggle room if somebody gets into the 20s. So Cleveland-Pittsburgh under 42 is pick number six. So five and one after week one. Looking to match that, possibly better it, but at least go four and two, right? So pick number one, Thursday night, Minnesota-Philly under 49. Pick number two, Cincinnati 
minus three versus Baltimore. Pick number three, Vegas, Buffalo, over 47. Pick number four, Rams plus eight versus the Niners at home. Pick number five, Denver, minus three versus Washington. Pick number six, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, under 42. Mini Philly under 49, Cincinnati minus three, Vegas Buffalo over 47, Rams plus eight, Broncos minus three, and the Browns and Steelers under 42. The week two, FFF, SOSS, pick six, the National Football League. Sam Spence is a genius, guys. That music is so good. It's so much fun to do pick six. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, so everybody, enjoy their weekend. Um, you know, Make sure you're in front of a TV on Sunday. Listen, Saturday is your apple picking day. If you have to do that, if, you, uh, if it's a fall requirement for you, do it this Saturday because you can't miss next Saturday, okay? Um, so we got NFL Week 2, College Football Week 3. Footy is back. We will recap it all on Tuesday's show. Everybody have a great weekend, and I will talk to you then. Until then, peace. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.